Good morning, church family. I trust that you are well. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the power and presence of his spirit be with you all. If you have your Bibles or if you have your worship folders in front of you, I invite you to turn with me now uh, to 1 Peter chapter 2. Uh, we have and will continue over the coming weeks to uh, listen to the words of Peter as he speaks to the scattered saints, to those being persecuted, uh, those going through difficult times as Christians in uh, what we now know is modern day Turkey. As we hear these words this morning, I invite us to, um, to recognize who is speaking. This is Peter, the apostle that followed Jesus. Uh, he was not always perfect, we know that. And indeed, when we pay careful attention to not only the gospel's depiction of Peter and his following of Jesus, but to the words that he now writes to those who are struggling or suffering for their faith, we see the grace of God at work in his life. For he who has begun a good work in Peter is faithful to bring it unto completion, as he is faithful to do that same work in you and me. So as we hear these words, I pray that we would hear it as the words spoken of a disciple whose grace, the grace of God has transformed and grown to become the man that God destined him to be. Like newborn infants, Long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good, come to him, a living stone. Though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in scripture, see I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you then who believe he is precious, but for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner, and a stone that makes them stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Peter was changed. This disciple who at times spoke first, and regrettably so, uh, the one who at times expressed openly his dislike of the path that Jesus was taking, now is an ambassador, a speaker, a teacher, an encourager of the Christian faith, and speaks in such a way that shows you and me what God's grace can do in our lives. 
Peter was a follower, yes, to be sure, but he was a follower with so many shortcomings and so many challenges. As I said before reading the text, Peter gives us hope because we recognize that even when we do not follow as closely as we ought to, even when we are not as successful as we desire to be, that God by his grace is patient and faithful to bring unto completion the work that is begun in us. One of the things that we believe at Skyview is um, the mission that God has given us is that we want people to know Jesus Christ, his hope, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his love. But we also believe that in knowing Christ, God will do things in and through us to grow us up, to mature us, to give us his heart, his perspective of life, to give us the very character and the very nature of Christ himself. To put it differently, we are saved into something, not just saved from something. We are becoming the people that God destined us to be, if we would be open to allowing him to do so. Some of the ways in which Peter has been transformed is evident in this text. He begins to see when he looks at Israel's own scriptures that Jesus indeed was the fulfillment of that scripture. Simply put, is, uh, Peter now sees, like many disciples, that the things that Jesus taught and did, and indeed, indeed his own death and suffering, uh, were a part of the plan of God uh, to accomplishing what God has always desired to accomplish. The promises that he made to the people of old is now being fulfilled in Jesus. That God's election of a people to reflect his holiness and his character is now being made true, not only for Israel, but indeed for everyone who confesses the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord. Peter began to see that God's grace now extends beyond Israel to anyone, to even Gentiles. It is in Acts 10 that we hear these remarkable words spoken by Peter himself as he entered the house of a Gentile centurion. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. What God has begun through Israel, he was now fulfilling through Jesus, who, and everyone who placed their faith and trust in him would become a part of the holy people of God. Uh, Peter has seen the, the incredible gift that Jesus Christ is. <laughs> uh, what Israel could not accomplish, Jesus would. What the prophets could not do, Jesus did. He became the very hope that they longed for, but he was even so much more. In fact, so much more that Peter would say, Jesus is quintessential, essential to their faith. And in the time in which they lived and struggled to be faithful, he would point to Jesus as the very source of their hope. The word that Peter used to describe Jesus is taken again from the Old Testament as he reads back and sees the fulfillment of God's plan in Christ, is that Jesus is their cornerstone. Now, in the ancient times, for those of us who may not know, when they built buildings, finding the right cornerstone was essential. Uh, the, the stone that was perfectly perpendicular, uh, that could ensure that whatever walls were built from it would be straight, 
was essential to not only the aesthetic beauty of a building, but it would become essential to the strength that that building would have. A building's durability, in some sense, was contingent upon finding the right cornerstone. It is like our engineers in our church would teach us all that the right foundation is essential to the structural integrity of any building. And what Peter is saying is that he has learned that Jesus is precisely that, not only for one person, not only for Israel, but for all people who place their faith in him. He can become their sure foundation. He can become their certainty. He can become the one upon whom they can build their lives. Putting it differently, Jesus, according to Peter, is indispensable to their faith and invaluable for their lives. In their present circumstance, he is their foundation and is the source of their hope. I wonder if you and I could just pause for a second. We can build our lives on many things. We can build our lives on careers, on families, on successes, on achievements. We can build careers on being liked or uh, build our lives on, on likability. We can build our lives on, uh, you know, uh, the talents and the gifts and the graces we have. Uh, but I, I wonder if in a simple way, Peter is reminding us that the only sure thing to build our life on is Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. I know that uh, life uh, right now is different. It is unusual. And we are looking for some normalcy. We are looking for something that tells us we're going to be okay. Uh, the people that Peter are writing to, uh, if I could remind us all, are people who are experiencing uh, challenges because of their faith. Uh, we're not quite experiencing the challenges they did, but we are nonetheless going through a difficult season that is affecting many of us in many different ways. In an uncertain world, we soon become aware that nothing is guaranteed, nothing is certain. If anything, this pandemic has taught us that we are not in control of what happens to us. But here is what Peter is reminding the church of that even though they are facing that which is hard and difficult to them, that they have in Christ a security, a firm foundation. If they would turn to him, they would find that not only could they survive, but they can become the very people that God has destined them to be. I want you to hear Peter's words. <laughs> he is saying that the circumstances of life that these Christians are enduring is not going to be prohibitive to God's plan for them. That the challenge to their faith, uh, as strong as the opposition may be, uh, will not be shaken. They cannot be shaken because if they have built their faith and hope on the one who has walked through suffering himself and uncertain times himself, they can be assured that just as a cornerstone holds up a building, so Christ will hold them up. Do we believe that these days? that in these times, in the circumstances within which we find ourselves, that our certainty, our security comes from Jesus Christ. Uh, the old song that says, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ. I, I think that for many of us, uh, the invitation is, as Paul puts it to the people then, to remember to turn to Jesus. He says, come to him because he is that living stone. 
of course, uh, you know, as I read this text and I hear Paul, uh, Peter's words come to him, I, I recognize that it's easy for us just to think that was a simple thing to do. But for anyone to associate themselves with Jesus Christ would often come at a cost, a personal cost. We know that uh, Rome persecuted Christians because they claimed Jesus was Lord, not only of their hearts, but indeed Lord of everything. And Rome didn't like any other lords challenging their Lord. Uh, I think that when we think about what Peter is saying, it is easy to think that it was just something that was about an attitude or a mindset or a thought, but indeed to come to Jesus meant to acknowledge him even when life became difficult and challenging. To come to him meant to be faithful to his ways, to not give in to the cultural ways, to not allow sin to become a part of their existence and their life. To turn to Jesus meant that they were uh, believed so much in his way of life and what he has come to do and enabled them to be that they would endure the discomfort of ridicule and shame because they believed so wholeheartedly that who he was was worth following. I, I think that, that for us in our particular circumstance these days, Peter's words uh, may fall upon our own minds and hearts in a, in, a, in a powerful way. We can turn to many things during times of challenge. We uh, can direct our energies at trying to control perhaps the uncontrollable. We can become anxious about the future. We can become afraid for our lives or our families. But Peter would remind us of who Jesus is and just the hope that he offers. To come to him is to put our hope not in our own strength, ability, in our governments or in our health care, but to indeed put our strength, our hope in him. That does not mean that the circumstances around us just all of a sudden change and become better, but it does mean that there is a peace and an understanding and a faith that, that, that goes beyond uh, what we can control and is found not in our abilities, but indeed in the ability of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Ultimately, and by the world's standards, the Christians in the culture that Peter is speaking to, uh, they paid a price for acknowledging Jesus Christ. And I think uh, maybe for us, many of us, we are not comfortable with paying a price for our faith. We are not comfortable with the discomfort that might come on account of being faithful. But Peter would say to us that when we see Jesus not as a stumbling block, which many did, but as the sure foundation and rock upon which we can build our life, then we can have hope even in uncertain times. But Peter would go a little bit further. He would say that coming to him means that they would allow him to do the good work that he has begun in them. You see, uh, to be a Christian is not simply to think of salvation as the end of what God wants to do. Through Jesus Christ and the giving of his spirit, God wants salvation to become the entry point to a life of becoming all that God wants us to be. And Peter would say that as they turn to Jesus, he is able to make them into the people that God longs them to be. Isn't that significant? I think that's rather significant. Uh, you know, Peter's not just simply saying 
Jesus is the foundation that will hold you during this time of testing, but he's saying he is the living stone. In other words, he is a stone in the sense that he is a strong foundation upon which to build one's life, but he is alive and he gives life to you so that you become living stones. Peter is saying to them that even in their challenges, God by his grace through Jesus Christ and his spirit is able to give life to them and make them into the people that God wants them to be even in difficult circumstances. I love the fact that God's work is not on pause when we go through challenges. I love the fact that God is not done working when life becomes difficult. In fact, I think at times, at least my own experience has been, that God has done his best work in the difficult times in my life. And in this season, this liminal season, this in-between season in which life is so different for all of us, could it be that the word of God again can be heard in such a way, not only as to draw us back to what matters most, that is our faith in God through Christ, but indeed to allow God by his spirit to continue to do the work in all of us, making us into the very people that God has destined us to be. The calling of God through Abraham from the beginning was to form for himself a holy people, a people that would be his hope, represent his love, his grace, and shine a light on who the true God is. I believe that Peter is saying to these Christians from Jewish and Gentile backgrounds that indeed now that very same calling is being carried forward to them, that through Jesus Christ who suffered and died and was raised through his resurrection and the gift of his spirit, which Peter experienced in a profound way, God is able to raise up for himself a new people, a people belonging to him, a people chosen by him, a people that would together reflect his hope in a world. My friends, I believe that more and more the church is being called to be the bearers of such hope in this world. We are given an opportunity to, to reflect the grace and love, the mercy and the holiness of God. It is something that I think we must understand is what God is always destined for us. It is not just that our individual faith matters, but it is that we believe together God is calling us to be the church, to be the people of God, to be the stones built around this cornerstone so that we would become in everything whom God has called us to be. If you've been a part of Skyview over the last several months, perhaps even a year, you would have noted that we are a growing church, thanks be to God. We are a church that is reflecting the reality of our diverse city. We are people from different walks of life. We are different uh, places of origin. But we share a common faith. We share a faith in Jesus. At one point in time, most who call this church their home has said, we have come and turned our lives over to God through Jesus Christ. But can I say this to you, just as we see in Peter's words, a growing up, a maturing, a transformation, that Peter here is implying that we as God's people should allow him now to build us, to form us into all that God has destined us to be. Uh, I think you and I have the opportunity to be a part of something far greater than just our own individual pursuits of life. I know, that we live in a culture that 
uh, makes us constantly feel that happiness is in the next material possession uh, in a culture that teaches us that the individual matters more than the whole. But Jesus would say to us that we are the ones who make him known by the way in which we love one another. And that indeed we are called to be a community of people transformed into the very likeness of Christ. We belong together. We, perhaps that is why this time is so incredibly difficult for many of us. We have been made by God to be the people of God, not just the person of God. God is desiring to do something in and through the church that the world desperately needs to see. I think in times of social distancing, God is still able to form us to be his church, his people. I believe that no challenge, according to Peter, that the Christians faced then and that we may facing now is a hindrance to what God can do. But the way in which God does his work is not just to run roughshod over our own desires and wants, but to invite us to let him do that work within us so that we would be what he wants us to be. I think this is an ongoing work. I believe that with what is happening in our church, we have a unique example to become the people that God wants us to be. I think it begins quite simply in this particular season of life by allowing ourselves to know what matters most. Jesus ought to be the center point, the cornerstone, the foundation of our lives. While we can build our lives on many things, I think Peter is making it very clear, whether in times of testing or in times of plenty, Christ is the foundation, ought to be the foundation. I want to ask parents whether we are teaching our children to love the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you as an individual whether you are making time to meditate on the word and to know this Jesus whom scripture so powerfully describes as the one who loves and gives his life for us. I want to encourage you to begin in this season of liminality, if you have not already done so, to return to what matters most. There's a gift in this time if we would but pay attention to God's word. But I also believe that God does not only want to work individually within us, but he wants to make us the church he longs us to be. Ah, (laughs) I'm excited about being the pastor of this church. I'm excited about the many different people we are seeing. But can I say this to you? We cannot be who God wants us to be without allowing him to do his work, not only in me, but in us. This is an incredibly important time for us, even though we are apart, we can still pray for one another, we can reach out to one another. But I also wonder if the hunger and thirst that is being created in us for relationship, for community, will remind us of just what a gift it is that God has given us here at Skyview. May the hunger lead us not to bad places or to that which cannot quench our hunger or our thirst, but indeed may our hunger turn us back to Christ so that when we come together again as God's people, we would have been renewed by him. We would have learned to be filled by him so that we together may bring glory to his name. May God richly bless you. May you draw near to him and may we together allow him to make us the church he has destined us to be. God bless you.